Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Make It Rain, hosted by me, Josh Smith. I'm a journalist and presenter, and I've been lucky enough to sit down and have unfiltered conversations with some truly incredible people. I know from my own personal experiences how powerful talking and crucially listening to others is. And without a doubt, my life has been changed by the people I've spoken to over the years, some of whom you'll hear from in this very series. I am so excited to invite you to join me each week to meet amazing queens who have overcome challenges in their own lives. They're open up about their journey they've been on to harness their power and wear their crowns with pride. I really hope you'll feel empowered to own your own story and make it rain in your own lives too. In this episode of Make It Rain, world champion heptathlete Katerina Johnson-Thompson takes the throne. Katerina, or KJT as she's known to her fans, road to gold medals hasn't been without its hurdles. See what I've done there? Having struggled with self-confidence and injuries, Katerina nearly turned her back on sport after, in quotation marks, public failure at the Rio Olympics in 2016. After switching up her mindset by working with a psychologist and moving to France with a new coach, Katerina won the World Championships in 2019 and became the world's best all-round athlete. Yes! During our chat, Katerina talks candidly about redefining what success means to her, the discrimination she's faced during her life, and how she's learned to embrace her body image. We are all trying to find new ways to switch up our mindset right now, and there are so many amazing words of wisdom from this determined queen, so I hope you take as much away from this empowering conversation as I have. So crowns at the ready, ready, set, make it rain. (laughs) KJT in the house, babe. How are we? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so excited to have you on Make It Rain. I'm just excited to just talk to you. I I wait for it every year and I just need to get my little dose of... Of Josh. You are such an empowering role model. And I think what's so amazing about you is that you never give up. Like you're always there. You're always striving to be better. But when you think about who you were when I met you in 2016 to now, just before those Olympics, how different are you as a person, do you think? Yeah, I think 
the thing about me never giving up is definitely you know on on brand for me i think i'm always like one of those <laughs> annoying flies who are just like bashing in the heads against like a glass window but then if you say the glass window is like my championship record like in rio then that's what it is and i think that yeah one of the things about this lockdown i think is it's changed us all never mind in the last four years i think just in the last year i think i've definitely changed and we've all definitely changed and i think in rio in a sporting sense maybe one of the things that's changed is my opinion of myself where i think i used to put a lot of a lot of weight on other people's opinions of me sports wise so if i'd see like a, a journalist talk about me flopping on a main stage then i'd assume that they were correct and i was wrong whereas i think now i'm more level-headed enough to know that you know I, i've i've got this and i've got a little tiny bit of belief in myself and i know that they don't know my journey and what i've been through and yeah i've just got a lot more belief in myself i think and in general i haven't cracked it but i think in a personal sense what has changed about me i would hope is that i don't engage in negative thoughts as much as i used to yeah, and i think they're the two main things i hope if i've diagnosed myself right yeah but that's what it is how have you changed your mindset because i think it's so fascinating that you were in this space where you had this negative mindset and you've been able to change it and you've been able to become this incredible world champion athlete which is such an incredible feat to achieve in life it's just phenomenal but how have you managed to change that mindset because I feel like we're all sat here right now being like oh my god I need to change my mindset I need to get myself out of this rut and you've actually been able to do it in your life how did you manage to do that it's it's been a journey it's not been overnight I think in Rio like after the Olympics if we're talking about like my sports like after the Olympics I honestly had like the biggest sort of like rejig of my life I wouldn't say breakdown but I changed everything about my life so I changed my coach I changed where I live broke up with my boyfriend I did all these different things and then I was looking for a solution and a way out and there came a time after Rio where I just stopped looking for a coach because certain options for me didn't work out and I think it took me you know some time to sort of say this is what I want this is what I'm good at um this is you know this is my choice to be an athlete um nobody's forcing me <laughs> to be an athlete and what can I do to to get to where I want to be and I think it's taken a lot of time and I had to build a lot of confidence and change people around me who believed in me and saw my talent but yeah it's just one of those things that I don't let myself have an option to give up so that's when you know if I'm doing a, a rep and um, say like I'm doing a hard running session and it's five, five times 300 and I get to the third and I just think oh god I want to stop like that's not an option so you just gotta continue and not engage in those negative thoughts. Mm. How have you done that like what kind of practices did you put in place because did you have like a, a mind coach you worked with as well to do that? I worked with the um psychiatrist called Steve Peters Dr Steve Peters he has got a book out called The Chin Paradox I don't know if you've heard of it or seen it but yeah I, I worked with him and what he um he always says you know he's not a sports psychologist he's, he just knows the mind and he breaks it down into three different things so it's actually really quite interesting he says you've got a chimp a, a human and a computer and your chimp is like the emotional you so when anything goes wrong and you sort of react with emotions that's your chimp 
like hijacking your brain and then your human is your rational one so your human can see things going wrong and they can say okay this is why this is going wrong this is why this is happening and this is why you're feeling this way and then your computer is just like the autopilot so what you do each day like you wake up you brush your teeth and you do everything on autopilot if you drive to work you know sometimes you don't even think about the route because you're just on autopilot and what he's tried to change in me is when I'm out and competing I'm not acting emotional in my gym what I'm doing is just being on autopilot and I know that I need to get this job done and in order to do that I need to do this this and this so I want to bore you but if I'm doing high jump I need to run towards the bar go over it and that's that's all I need to think about I don't need to think oh what if I twist my ankle on high on on the takeoff or what if I knock it and then you know that my competitor like all of these thoughts are useless and impractical and they don't help you in any way so don't engage in it was it that simple of a transition no did it almost just click <laughs> no no like it's really cool talking to him because like I rang him up before a competition I'm just like why am I here like I don't enjoy this I'm nervous I'm stressed out I'm worried that I'm gonna put myself out there to just fail again like I'm really not enjoying this and he's like well it's your choice to be there you're an athlete and we're getting on with it and it's like I'll have a setback mental a mental setback where it's like I'm sort of reverting to that person who you met in 2016 who you know had no confidence and was scared to compete and it does take time but I think with habits if you just do it every day and think about okay if this goes wrong then that can be expected if I get an injury that's normal because I'm an athlete I don't need to react in such high emotions that everything that happens in my life and I think yeah it definitely takes time and I still haven't cracked it but I'm I'm slowly I'm getting closer to cracking it I don't think actually I'll take that back I don't think I I will ever crack it but you just get better at handling certain situations. Has it also helped you in your everyday life as well? Yeah for sure um like for example (laughs) the lockdown when when Tokyo was postponed it's like it's out of my control so um, what can I do? What literally can I do about it and I think I could have reacted to that in a certain way where you know it's like oh I'm in the best shape of my life or I could like I don't know if I'm going to get injured now in this next year I don't know if this is going to happen I don't know if I'm going to be in the best position like I am and all of those thoughts are, are useless you I just needed to do what I can each day and I think it's harder to do that with every single thing that goes wrong in your life but you do become sort of better at just batting away negative thoughts mm. how close were you to actually quitting um I was very very close um I don't sort of yeah I haven't openly admitted it to to a lot of people but after 2016 I really didn't want to continue in the sport I think I just had enough you know I went through Mm. a lot of bad years in in the span of 2014 to 2016 I um you know cracked my foot open I had about three different quad injuries on on the same quad I had knee surgery I had an adductor sprain I had three no jumps in a major championships in the world championships so that means that I came 25th I had no points for one of the events and you know all throughout this I had media pressure I had um you know Jess Jess Ennis Hill coming back from pregnancy and the media applying pressure 
but head-to-head battles as well all the, when i was 21 22 23 and mm. it was just um yeah i got thrown into the deep end i think and somehow i, I do mourn mourn my sort of development as a youth athlete coming into the senior champs because i didn't have any of that i just got i felt thrown into the deep end after 2012 um and yeah after 2016 it was just me done i stopped looking for a coach um i was just traveling to europe really pretending to look for a coach but just enjoying myself i don't really know what the turning point was um that i started trying again but i just sort of settled into the the routine of training and having a coach who you know believes in you and and wanting to you know train again what's so incredible about being an athlete and this is something i always find so fascinating is we in as humans like when we define success and failure as an athlete you have a very strong view of what success and failure is so success is for you, maybe a PB or it's ending up on the podium or it's getting this medal or it's getting that. How has your definition of success and failure changed as you've gone through your life and you've been on this journey with it? How do you define success now, would you say? Yeah, no, it's interesting what you say because as an athlete, like, success is a goal. Success is comparing yourself to your personal best. It's not Mm. even comparing yourself to anybody else. Like you have a personal best in all these different events. And if you don't achieve that, or if you don't get close to that, then that could be classed as a failure. For example, when I was 19, I competed in London 2012. And to get there was a huge success for me. Even though I came 15th, I was there. I was loving life. It was one of the best memories I've had in my life. And I came... 15th 16th in the competition left the competition thinking that was incredible fast forward to four years later I went into Rio the Olympics as sort of favorite to medal if not get the gold and I came sixth that was a huge failure um in the eyes of me and everybody else but when I look back on that now it's like I should have known but nobody really understood my path to get to that line in Rio I had knee surgery the year before. I had a quad pull mid comp- um, mid season. I had zero confidence. I didn't want to train in case I got injured, um, and I didn't want to be there. And I still came sixth. I look at that now as a success. Mm. And you do have to change your perspective. Um, for me now, when I went into Doha, I think one of the main things that's changed about me is that I went in there fully prepared to come sixteenth, as long as I did my absolute best I was ready to come third second fifth I didn't care because I knew I was going in there and I did everything in my possibility the whole year to get myself on that starting line in the best possible shape and I knew no matter what I did that doesn't matter because that's I'm proud of myself for getting here and doing everything I could to put myself in the best position to come wherever I come no matter if somebody's better than me on the day I think going into Rio, I was all like, gold or nothing. I don't want a silver medal. And now I kill for an Olympic medal. Yeah. It's still an Olympic medal. So I think it is all about perspective. And mm. I think let's get some perspective here, babes. And let's serve some <laughs> facts to the audience. Because you won the World Championships in 2019. And the heptathlon, for people who are not familiar with it, includes seven sports over two days. The 100-meter hurdles, a high jump, a shot put, 200 meters, long jump, 
javelin, and then finally to top it all off and put the cherry on top of that very exhausting cake, an 800 meters. And to win that title, no less, you beat the previous British record held by Jessica Ennis-Hill, and you smashed not just one, not just two, not just three, but four of your own personal best. And as a result, babes, you secured the sixth highest heptathlon <laughs> score in history. I mean, we stand a lot on this podcast, but my God, do I stand you for that. Like, that is so incredible. So when you're sitting here and you're yeah. hearing about your journey with your mindset, and then you hear those facts, how mad is it to think that you are that person? Yeah, it's it's weird because, like I just said in the question before, it was the most relaxed I've ever been going into mm. a, any championship doing that. And it was because I wasn't scared to to put myself out there. I think sport, you put yourself out there. Like, I know that social media, it's sort of the same, but you put yourself out there for criticism. And I think, yeah, thank <laughs> you. Um, in Doha, I was the most relaxed I've ever been and the results came afterwards. And I think it just shows you that, you know, when you get too caught up or too, when you overthink too much, it's never a good thing. You just need to sometimes trust yourself and believe in your own abilities. And yeah, that that's they were the result of that. And that was such a lifetime goal. I spoke about it before, but I was a young 19 year old as part of those Olympics. It was my first ever senior champs. And I was there to witness the whole country was there to witness Jess do that, that incredible thing, what she did. So, you know, it almost felt like it came around full circle and no matter what in my career now, I've got that um, as a memory. So it's, it's insane. Like I'm just happy now. <laughs> like I'm, I'm happy that that's a memory no matter what. Yeah. Cause I mean, now you do have some amazing crown jewels, babe slash medals, <laughs> uh, but to get to that place, in your life I mean you've had role models you had Jessica Ennis Hill for instance but who has passed the crown on to you in your own life would you say who's inspired you the most I think inspiration wise um I think it has to be my mom you know it's been a long long I felt like it's been a long time since I started the sport I I did it my first high jump when I was in year six and that was when I was like what, 12 11 and I think my mum, I've always wanted to to sort of prove that she was right in believing in me and right in like taking me to all these competitions when I was, you know, young athlete who, when we had like literally no money, we'd take the National Express to like Stoke on Trent and <laughs> do a competition in the rain. And like, I can't imagine ever loving someone enough to do that. <laughs> so, like, I want my mom, mom to like, you know, reap all these rewards that she was correct in, in believing that, you know, I had something there. We've done enough hours and enough um, of the hard stuff, like waiting at the stops and, and losing too much to, to give up without ever winning. So I think my mom was definitely the person who, passed on the crown of like hard work will will pay off and believe in yourself and stuff for sure oh my god I love that for that moment when you won the world championships and you saw your mum for the first time knowing that story and what you guys have been through and the sacrifices you've had to undertake how amazing was that moment can you even describe it no it was just a big hug it was one of those when we could hug it was a massive hug and yeah she snuck into the mix zone and she was just so 
so happy and she'd been texting me throughout as well I don't like to look for her in the crowd because she's just a nervous wreck <laughs> all the time she is she can't we're the same in the fact that we can't hide our emotions on our face if I'm happy I'm happy if I'm sad you'll be able to tell I'm sad and when I look in the crowd my mum is a nervous wreck and it puts me off so I don't actually look at her until the end of the competition so yeah to see her actually smiling was yeah such a buzz Oh my God, it's so amazing. And now looking forward to this year, Tokyo 2021, Rewind, second edition. (laughs) How are you gearing yourself up for it? And knowing it's been postponed, has that kind of fueled you more in a way? I can't really describe this, but with it being Tokyo 2021, like as athletes, we always have the date in our calendar of when we need to write it's go time we need to be ready and sometimes you get that four years in advance sometimes it's one year and for Tokyo 2020 I had that date in my calendar and I was building and building momentum and finally got to Doha one and it was only six or seven months until Tokyo and I felt like I was really on the right path to where I needed to be and and my confidence levels were sky high and I think with COVID happening it's one of those things with time it's you can never I know we talk about how slow January has been and how slow like a day can be or like one month can go by in an instance but like there'll be a day when you wake up and it's that dread like whether that be an Olympic final whether that be you know a wedding day a driving test an exam like you'll wake up and say today is that day and when Tokyo got postponed it was just like I had got given all this time and I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know whether to train harder and try and make myself even better. I didn't know whether to chill out and think, well, what if I get injured? I didn't know whether to, if I was to train and be better that when I come back, I didn't know whether I'd be like completely wiped out and, and lose motivation. So it was one of those things where I was trying to juggle all this time and I didn't know what to do with it. So I have got the same motivations. It's the same goal. It's a different path, but nobody has ever been in this in this I know we're all in it together as athletes but nobody's ever been in this set of circumstances before where it's been postponed so I find it mad interesting that there'll be a completely different set of Olympic champions now that this has happened because you know some people come back from injuries some people come back from pregnancies some people have got pregnant it's one of those things where we're all gonna roll the dice now and see who has managed this bit of time correctly mm-hmm. And at least you have your mindset now to be able to deal with that. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think I have, I've managed the, the lockdown quite well. I think I'm still motivated and still fully prepared. And, you know, we talk about me never giving up. I, I do, I am goal orientated. Like I, I will give up if there's no goal. Um, I think I, I definitely react, respond well to having something set in the diary that I need to be ready for. Um, and now that we've got that, I think it's definitely it's definitely easy for me to just get up and, and train and go. Do you love a bit of manifestation as well, babe? Yeah, I do. I do. I didn't used to. I just try and manifest me doing everything correctly. I don't manifest me standing on the podium with a medal. Just because <laughs> it's just like a dream, isn't it? It's a nice dream, but I don't see like I don't think it it gets you any closer to it. I think you need to do the things. You need to manifest what needs to be done in order to get that. I love that. Well, we are going to take a break now. Um, but we're going to come back, and in the next part, we're going to be talking 
more about your journey towards being a world champion babe on and off that track, honey. So join us after the break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to Make It Rain. And we are joined by World Heptathlon slash Championship Babe. It's KJT. (laughs) Welcome back, babe. (laughs) One of the things I need to ask you about, because I'm just going to get real here. I can barely do two days of exercise in a row. And when I was a kid, I actually used to fake (laughs) not bringing my pee kit to school. And my mum actually got called up and had to go into school to talk about it. knowing that I went off to school every single day of it but just didn't want to do it I just need to know babe do you ever just wake up in the morning and just go not today hun I can't be bothered with this exercise malarkey yeah it's all the time it's definitely all the time and I do feel like we live in a world where like especially on social media where athletes or Olympic athletes or any type of person who's got Instagram is just showing you the best putting the best foot forward and it's not realistic to to me anyway if I'm speaking personally like I'll have days where I don't want to go to the track and I'll have days especially mid-lockdown where I knew I didn't have a goal um for another year I didn't need to be at my top fitness levels until the Olympics and that was like what 16 months away at the time and I just didn't go to the track um I didn't you know try and do my exercises for that day and I think it is very normal to feel like that um and yeah it just it it does sometimes not get me down but I do get worried about like the young athletes who are like looking at uh, my Instagram or other people's Instagram and they think that they need to be on form every single day they need to be you know have a completely pure mind where it's just like track sleep repeat eat track Mm. sleep repeat eat and I think it's very normal to have these emotions where you know, you're not always motivated and you go through different phases. And I think that's the same with, with, with life. You just go through phases and different emotions and you just need to go with it. And sometimes you can go to the track and just tick off a box of just doing it. You know, if you are not motivated to do a run one day um, or you think you need to, you know, be beaten like whatever time you've got or you just don't want to go out, just set yourself smaller goals mm. and just know that you've achieved something and that's OK as well. I think as well, it's so hard to be an athlete. It's so hard as humans to keep ourselves motivated anyway, isn't it? And I think that it's harder now than ever because if it's hard for someone like you who's such an amazing professional athlete to stay motivated, it makes you think about how difficult it must be right now for younger sports stars who are coming up in this climate, in this context. What kind of worries do you have for them coming up and if you could give them advice what would you want to say to them it's hard enough you know track and field they it's very hard to when I was growing up you know to stay in the sport going through my teenage years when you have distractions and you have exams and you know you haven't got time to 
go out and dedicate yourself to a completely, you know, thing that, you know, your teachers may not be saying, like, you, you need to do exams and stuff. So I think at the time now when it's hard for me to, to gain access to a track or gain access to a gym and keep up my training when I'm a professional athlete, I think it's going to be almost impossible for the grassroots sports to be, you know, staying in the sport and keeping the love for the sport because it's one of the things that went first and it's one of the things that, you know, is shut down first. Mm. So I think it's very tough to, and I understand I've had some girls message me on Instagram and young athletes, not just girls, saying, you know, my track short, what should I do? And I think just try and keep the love for the sport, just do what you can, like even supporting like athletes and watching athletics, then you have plenty of time to, you know, get back to it. And I got to thank athletics for so much in my life. So I, I just hope that, you know, the next generation of kids don't miss an opportunity to 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 do what what i've done Mm. what was it like for you being a mixed race girl growing up in liverpool when you were growing up what was your experience of growing up like for you i had a happy childhood i've obviously been exposed to you know bits of racism here and there and it's something that you know i sort of tucked away um, mm. until not too long ago but when I look back on my childhood you know it was one of those things like I was I love football I always hung around with the boys I wear full football kits I'd be playing on the street like I was a child who played out and it was one of those things where my childhood was so good um but then yeah when you think about if I'm talking about racism like yeah I did get exposed to that when I was definitely um younger but I do look back on my childhood with fond memories. Mm. When do you remember first coming exposed to racism? Um, In year four Mm. I think it was definitely like from a young age you know I was one of the only people of person of colour in in my whole in my whole school maybe in my year year, definitely um, in my whole school so yeah it was one of those things where it's like it's obviously that one what I'm talking about in particular was outright racism but I think I didn't really notice it, you know, until I look back and I think about things like even myself, like I, I understand that I'm in a privileged position because I'm, you know, biracial and I think um, I understand that I have privileges, but like one of the things that, you know, even I've been experienced to is myself, like I wanted to relax my own hair when I was nine, like I begged, begged my mum to relax my hair and because I knew my hair was different without understanding why I didn't want that hair. So I think it's those things, those microaggressions where it plays a part of like just how you think. And, you know, I used to wear weaves growing up and stuff like I completely rejected like my natural hair. So it's when you think and look back and and reflect on, you know, your race and growing up and where you stand and when to speak out, I think, yeah, last year it was important for me to speak out. But I also didn't really look at my history in that much depth until last year too. Mm. What did the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement do for you in terms of making you reflect and how did it make you reflect on your experiences and almost your position in society today as well? It Yeah, it's just, it did just that. It made me reflect. It made me think about my experiences, what I experienced growing up. It made me think about my actions, like sometimes um like I didn't speak up when I saw that or experienced that I just left it to not be the the trouble 
um, make her other trouble cause her or not bring any drama or stress because one of my favorite things that I live by you know is I'm I'm not a confrontational person mm. I don't like to argue I I don't like to bring unnecessary tension in a group um but yeah it's just one of those things now that I would not choose to do that anymore and I think that's definitely something that's changed mm. Do you still experience microaggressions? Um, yeah, I think I definitely can experience microaggressions. Obviously, I'm like I'm I'm mixed race, so my father's um, Bahamian, my mother's white, and like when I have been when I'm darker, I can go different shades, and I feel like when I'm darker and I've got box braids on, I'm definitely treated differently to when you know it's been the winter time and I've got like a you know a straight weave I feel like it's definitely um people will will treat you differently um and I think that is one of those things that I'm trying to do myself more now I'm trying to you know be more natural I'm trying to not turn up to one of my first experiences um in a photo shoot I, I remember being in the chair for about three hours with two people trying to straighten my hair and it was one of those things where it's like okay I'm never ever again turning up to a photo shoot without pin straight hair because this is too long and we're eating into the time and mm-hmm. I every single photo shoot since then I've always went above and beyond like I've I've flown back to London to get my hair done I've flown somebody out to do my own hair before I go to a photo shoot and it's all those little things that I'll do. do how represented did you feel in a beauty spectrum when you were growing up and how much representation did you feel like you had as a young girl growing up i don't feel like i had that much representation we grew up in the size zero era mm. so we grew oh up we did it was completely <laughs> it was completely different time back then like <laughs> it was crazy like that but um the world goes through different fashion trends and that fashion trend at the time was to to not to not you know to almost like not eat and like that was impossible for me growing up and training and being an athlete and as a result of that like I had muscles and I wasn't like I wish I grew up in a time where it's like now where it's like strongest is is good like to be strong that's attractive and that's healthy so um yeah I didn't feel represented at all and I used to you know try and hide my muscles I used to try and change my hair I can just hope that like the world is is changing and I think the world has changed but it does still and worry me that like bodies can be trends it's not just fashion it's like actual bodies is trends it blows my mind oh my god it's crazy and I think it's so hard as a teenager anyway when you're discovering yourself and you're discovering your body and becoming at one with it and understanding it to also then be going through it where your body is not necessarily conforming to the trend of the time. Like, how was that quite a difficult experience for you? Yeah, it was difficult for me because I didn't want to go to a competition and compete in, you know, you see what we compete in. Mm. We compete in, like, knickers, basically, and crop tops. And I remember I used to, like, practice, like, what I'd be wearing, but I used to, like, look at myself in the mirror and like see what other people will be seeing when I stand on the start line and start stressing out and thinking about my legs and thinking about you know oh god maybe I should just you know put like a longer top on and and stuff like this when I should be thinking like I'm what 14 15 year old girl going through 
you know, adolescence and, and puberty and stuff and I shouldn't be thinking about what people are seeing. I should be thinking about my athletics performance. I should be thinking about what I need to do on the track. I shouldn't ever have to. And that used to be the main worry for me. Um, I used to, you know, drive myself crazy, like thinking about, oh God, I'm going to have to compete. And I did that on a worldwide level, like in the London 2012 Olympics. Think how many people watched that. And I think that was a turning point where it was just like, up until that point, until I was 19, I had those problems. And that was a turning point where it was like, well, everyone's seen, everyone's seen it now. Everyone's seen what I look like. So that's it. <laughs> and I think I started to change after that. What do you think being an athlete's taught you about the power of your body? And do you feel almost more in tune with it and empowered by it than ever right now? My body is what I use to do my job. Like, I think the power of my body, I I can only relate it to, have you seen that, like, meme where they say, like, when you um, have a, a cold, you start to um, regret all the times that you just breathed freely. Yes. <laughs> like, when you have a blocked nose, I always feel like when I have an injury, like, I always go, oh, God, I, I use my Achilles to walk. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, oh, my knee, like, uh, I'm walking up the stairs and my knees, like, hurt. And, like, I use my knees to get up the stairs. Like, it's those things. Like, my body has so much power and all these, like, little bit, bits help me perform. And um, when I'm injured, I take it for granted. I'm like, I need to treat my body with the best yeah my body is what I use for my job instead of thinking oh god these thighs are looking big I could do without putting on some pants and going and running I don't want to like I don't think those thoughts anymore and I'm I'm very happy that I've just grown out of that mm. um but yeah it's very difficult um when I was younger growing up did you feel able to talk about it when you were going through it no it was literally only only with my mom. I didn't used to believe her because she loves me, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Somebody who loves you won't say anything. She's like, oh, no, you look you look great. I'm like, I didn't say I don't look great. I look fat. <laughs> like one of those. It seems like you found so much faith in your own voice now. And it feels like you're more empowered by your own voice than ever before. If you could go back and be a friend to yourself at a time in your life, when would it have been and what would you want to say to that version of you? Yeah, probably after the after the Rio, after the Rio Olympics. I've always had a lot of belief in myself that I was able to, if I got my act together, I would be able to do something decent. That's what I always thought. And then after Rio, I stopped believing in that as well. Mm. I thought, I'm never going to get my act together and I'm never going to be able to perform. I started believing everybody else. But I think after Rio, I would definitely just go back and say... <laughs> times good times are coming (laughs) (laughs) good times are coming honey and they're going to involve some new accessories aka a gold medal (laughs) and you are going to wear that with pride which speaking of which do you feel like you wear your crown with pride now katarina yeah i think so i mean i have got green hair at the minute (laughs) i'm either going through something right now or i'm really comfortable in myself (laughs) I don't know which one. No, I'm joking. No, I do. I think yeah, I'm definitely more comfortable, confident, and I do. I would say, yeah, I wear my crown with pride. Yes! <laughs> How good does it feel to be able to say that? Yeah, no, it's good. And it's always a therapy session with you. <laughs> 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 it's good. It's definitely good. Um, 
I, I don't think I'm fully there yet. Like, I, I've got to be honest with myself, I'm definitely not fully there. I definitely do have some down days, but I do feel like I'm growing into the person that I, I, I want to be. Yes. I mean, you're the person I want to be because I always say you are like my role model because I just think that anyone who's listening to this should look at you as such an amazing example of never giving up when the chips are down, the hurdles are up and you've got to get on them, you've got to jump over them, you've got to get to the finishing line and you're such an amazing symbol for that and I just think that you're amazing and, oh, babe, I just freaking love you. (laughs) Thank you. I love you. I'm really glad you picked up on that because one of my values is like not giving up. Like the what I spoke to you about before, um, the the guy who helps me, Steve, he always says like, and I think this is the best advice I've ever been given. Like he always says, you need to decide your own values, just whether that be like three or five things, and if you stick to them, like that's that's all you need to do. So I think when I get myself into a situation where it's looking like it's going to be hard or tough. Like if I give up, I'll never be able to forgive myself when I look back on that. So I think if that's one of my values and you've picked up on that, I think it's it's really important to me that, you know, I give everything 100%. Otherwise, I'm never going to be proud of myself. I love that. While you persistent queen, <laughs> we have some hard hitting questions that we end every single episode on. So, Kat, are you ready for some hard-hitting questions, no, babes? No. <laughs> I'm, I'm so... She's born ready. <laughs> okay, let's go. So, what's the time you've made it rain in your life and worn your crown with the most pride? Um, oh, God. <laughs> My mind's got blanked out. I've been talking too much. <laughs> I also love as as like the medalist winning queen you are that you're literally just like oh my god I need to think about when I've been most proud of myself like I really need to think about it which is the most that's what's so special about you is that you literally achieve this stuff and you're like oh my god I need to think about when I've been the most proud of myself um, which is amazing oh god I don't know <laughs> what have I been proud Oh, God. Okay. So this is a throwback one. In 2017, it was. And I had been set up mm. at this point from my... Um, it was set up in Montpellier in France. So I had my new coach. I had my sort of growing confidence. I remember getting to this competition. It was an athletics one and got it. And I came fourth on a PB. But the three people in front of me um, scored like massive scores like absolutely massive scores and I always thought like I said before I always thought as long as I get my act together I'll be able to win and at that point I was like if I get my act together I'm not even gonna stand on this rostrum I'm gonna come forth because these people have absolutely smashed it and this was like (sighs) this was the couple months before at home world champs but um at that point I've got a picture of myself and um, it was like me being gutted on the on the finishing line. I remember putting that picture as my background and thinking, okay, I'm not going to let that sort of stop me now. And I think that might, might have been the point where I was like given, like that might have been the turning point for me. And I remember just like thinking I need to just 
fill my potential instead of like aiming for this rostrum and I think that was the changing point so I'm proud of myself for not sort of getting um back into old habits from that point and I think that's where I'm most proud where my career sort of changed I love how you made that your screensaver and most people like (laughs) (laughs) even like hot boys puppies like stunning landscape you're like no I'm gonna put it of of a moment when I felt like I failed and that is that that is incredible I had such a bad habit of doing that I don't do that anymore but in 2013 I think I came fifth I remember one of the girls has you know like a a flag behind them that that flag picture that they all like put the flag behind yes I've won won the medal I remember I'm like dying in the background after 800 like trying to like get past this flag picture (laughs) I'm like literally like (laughs) and I I put that as my background and then in 2015 I put my foot where I did a no jump as my background too but then when we speak about manifestation I'm like am I manifesting all these bad things like if I'm constantly looking at myself as a failure am I gonna be that failure in that picture and I was like overthinking Mm. a lot so I stopped it but it did give me a lot of motivation at the time. I just want to live in your mind, babe. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you really, really don't. <laughs> it sounds busy. It's very... It works over time. <laughs> and in the reign of your life, what is the one rule you will always live by? The one rule I will always live by is regret will haunt you more than failure. Mm. So what I said before about not giving up. I think to not go for stuff and to just sit back and not even try, I think is something that one day you will look back on and think, why didn't I just do that? Like, it's very hard to put yourself out there for failure, put yourself out there for criticism. But if I don't try and do it, then, you know, you're never, never going to reap the benefits of, you know, when it actually works out. So yeah, regret will haunt you more than failure. Oh my God, I love that line. Babe, you need to get another (laughs) t-shirt. like a football celebration yeah full football <laughs> celebration that's what you can do next time at mm. the olympics when you win the gold medal that's can be your celebration <laughs> yeah. i'll be i'll be here for it but i think that's such a powerful statement that because i know we've talked a lot about sport but that is fundamentally these messages and the characteristics and the change of the mindset that you're talking about are so transferable to everyday life like I live in fear of failure so like for instance I was saying to someone the other day about this podcast I was like oh my god imagine if this is a failure and what am I gonna do and it's gonna be really embarrassing I have like egg on my face and then you're like why are you talking yourself into it already being a failure before you're talking about being a success right yeah and and you I would always regret not doing it rather than doing it right like so I think it's I think everyone has those moments and I think it's so important for people to talk about that like you were saying earlier especially for young athletes and young women who are out there and young guys anyone who's struggling to wake up every day or find motivation or has had stumbling blocks in their life you need to keep going because ultimately like you've shown the failure has actually become a success in a way hasn't it yeah no completely and I know that you know, when I step onto the track now, I know that every single thing that could possibly go wrong has gone wrong. And I'm still here. I'm still standing here. I'm still committed to it. I'm still doing it. And you know what? 
what else is that if it happens again i'll be okay because i've already Mm. been through it and that has definitely made me stronger and i think yeah in order to to do that and then shy away from from trying again is just you haven't sort of try and learn the lesson of why it went wrong and then don't do it again and don't let it define you as well i think a lot of the time you know you you're defined by your job but you should be defined by your values and as a person and yeah and then your job is just like a little fun thing that you absolutely love doing and clearly like you're very good at at this (laughs) what we're doing now (laughs) and I absolutely love (laughs) all of this for you and I think yeah I think it's 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 that inner chimp as well what's what's stopping you that it's just like an emotional sort of um hijack when all those thoughts are coming Mm. to your head that's like your chimp just trying to hijack your human and your need to think more rational like rational thoughts well babe i feel like the tables have turned (laughs) (laughs) i've now gone to therapy with you i feel like you were speaking to me right then into my mind i was like oh my god yes i was like mentally taking (laughs) notes as you were saying that if steve peters um if steve peters ever listened to that he'd be like look at her talking like she knows it all like she didn't have a meltdown last week Well, Steve, if you're listening, I'm now also a Steve Stan, so <laughs> thank you. And I'm just going to go forth and be a bit more KJT. So I hope all of you guys who've listened to this are going to be a bit more KJT too. <laughs> and babe, thank you so much no for taking the time out to talk to me. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. And thanks for all the messages you've given us today. No problem. I've really had a lot of fun. So thank you for having me. Thanks, babes. Thank you so much for listening, babes. I hope you enjoyed this conversation just as much as I have. And you're going to take so much away from it. And if you haven't already subscribed, make sure you subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcast from. So you'll know which amazing queen is joining me next time. And make sure you share this around your friends and get those conversations going because we need each other more now than ever before. Hi babes, me again. Just wanted to tell you about something very exciting. I can't believe I'm about to tell you this, but I've written a book and it's called Great Chat. As you know, I love to chat, plot spoiler, and I love talking to people about their lives because as I always say, talking and listening is so powerful. The book is all about how you can master conversation and transform your life, just like it has for me. I've used my experience from all the amazing interviews I've been lucky enough to do, as well as a load of research to help you deal with everything from making new friends to embracing difficult discussions. Great chat should never be underestimated. It can truly improve your well-being, allow you to create the life you want, and bring the connections you are so deserving of, babes. You can pre-order Great Chat today in hardback, ebook, and audiobook, read by me, no less, and it's out on the 20th of June.